All right. Yes. All right. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth. That was excellent. That was excellent. And uh, Stephen Junt, raise your hand, Stephen. He will be at the compassion table in the lobby at the end of the service. Sound good? This side sounds good, too. How about this side over here? You guys good? Hey, I'm glad you're here this morning. And uh, for all of you watching online, welcome to Oso Creek Church. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's go to the book of Acts again this week. If you've got a Bible or Bible app uh, in, on your phone or tablet or whatever you carry in with you today digitally, uh, go to Acts chapter 3. We've been in Acts chapter 1 the last couple of weeks, but today a couple chapters over, Acts chapter 3. I'm so glad you guys are all here. I'm excited our student ministry, also students, they're going to be serving at Church Without Walls this afternoon. That's very, very cool. Uh, Pastor Ray Escalante was here last week, and so that's exciting. And I want to give a, an update on our, the tally money that we're ra- for, ra- raising funds for our, uh, growing towards our future uh, fundraising campaign. We're right now, in this, I, at Easter, we were at 10147 You know, we're trying to get to a base amount of $25,000 we are raising. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, we are now at 12256 Can we give God praise this morning? Hey, I want to thank you guys, all of you who are still contributing to that. Uh, again, when we laid that out, we're like, we're, we're asking for the equivalent of 100 families that could do like 250 uh, towards that goal, and you can even spread that out over six months. So some of you have been spreading that out. Some of you have made a you know, one-time gift. Some of you have gone above that. Some have given below that. And that's okay. Just pray about what God would have you invest in, our, in this campaign of, of expansion and growing. And we are hoping, um, you know, we had a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and, and uh, I think I put it in the pastor's corner there in the bulletin, but we've had to take a pause due to some issues with, with uh, our, our lands not being platted and permitting and things. And I got word from our, our building contractor. He has resubmitted our permits. Uh, we apparently are going to get an exception to the platting. So we're hoping to hear something from the city this week. So please pray. Sound cool? Please pray, Cass, because we're ready to get this thing keeping and rolling and getting it on so that we can have a, a, a great celebration and for what God wants to do. Amen. Yeah, all right. Two weeks ago, I, I, we talked about Christ's ascent back to heaven. And I talked about how uh, we should be watching and waiting for Jesus' return last week. So two weeks ago, we talked about the ascent of Christ. Last week, we talked about his return. And I talked about how we should be expecting it. Everyone say expecting. Everyone, how should we should be expecting it. He's coming back for those who are waiting and who are watching and are expecting his return, all right? So I'm gonna start a new series in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah after Mother's Day, okay? Hint, hint, gentlemen, it's two weeks away. All right, two weeks away, all right? But we're gonna talk about the power of a godly vision in that series through the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And the theme about that is expectation. This message is a primer for that series, okay? And this message today, it's been on my heart and my mind for about a month and a half to two months. And, you know, it's been in my heart and thought through it and the story. And it's like, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan and Red 5 is flying over the Death Star in the dogfight, it's like, I can't shake him. You know what I mean? You remember that's one of the most quoted lines in Star Wars. I can't shake him. It's like, you can't shake this message. All right. So I know that someone needs to hear it today. And I believe that 
I know that if nobody else does, I do, because it speaks to me. And I'm calling this message, Great Expectations, all right? Great Expectations. Now, upon hearing that, you might uh, instantly think of the work of the classic literature by Charles Dickens of the same name. I did. I'm a big fan of classic literature. Anybody else out there? Three of you? I know. We're classic literature nerds and geeks, but that's all right, okay? Your view on classic literature might be best described by a quote in the book itself. It says, there are a lot of books which the backs and covers are the very best part. You know what I mean? Uh, and there's a lot of books that are like that. I've read the, some there. But I'm not talking about Charles Dickens' great work of art. This morning, I want to talk about the great expectations in the Lord that we should have as believers for our lives, for our families, and for our church. You guys get that? Our lives, our families, and for our church. And I want us to learn about expectations from a story in Acts chapter three, verses one through, through 10. Let's read it. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he took him by the hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. This guy was he was dancing in the church, all right? And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So picture this scene. Here's this dude that has not been able to walk since he was born. He had to be carried everywhere, okay? Verse two indicates that one place that they would carry him very routinely all the time was to the temple, where it says they would carry him there every single day. They didn't carry him to go and worship there. They carried him there to to set him there on the ground by one of the, the gates, these massive entrances to the temple complex so that he could beg some charity from the many people that are going into the temple compound to worship and sacrifice, okay? That was this man's life. Every day begging, every day being carried to the temple, every day the same routine, every day the same story, every day just going through the same motions of his life, all right? Nothing was ever different for this guy. Nothing. And then once he's there, it it was a life of, please, sir, alms. Can can you help a guy out? All right. Thank you. Thank you. So so generous. So generous. And at the end of the day, his friends or family, whoever it was, would pick him back up and take him home. And maybe there was conversations every day. Hey, Sam, how'd you do today? Oh, pretty well. Some nice people. Or I didn't do too well today. A bunch of cheapskates coming to the temple today, doggone it, you know. But get this, the lame beggar on this day wasn't expecting anything out of the ordinary and the routine. 
On this day, he wasn't expecting anything other than the normal routine. He was just into life in general. He wasn't expecting anything other than what he would do day in and day out, not expecting the miraculous, not expecting anything special, okay? Just expecting to get coins from people walking by. Look at the two disciples. How about them, Peter and John? Sure, uh, we read how the disciples and followers of Jesus were performing many signs and wonders and miracles in the early church, Acts chapter 2, verse 43. But on this day, you get the sense that they were just going to the temple like they would do week in and week out to worship the Lord, to sacrifice and to give, kind of like what we do. Every Sunday, we come in, right? We sing and pray, praise and worship. We give in the joy boxes. We get, you use the QR code or what, you know, what have you, and then we leave for the rest of the week. We come back on Sunday. That's kind of what was going on, all right? And then all of a sudden, they get interrupted by this guy begging. Most likely, Peter and John weren't expecting to be used by God in such a miraculous way that day. Now, I wasn't there, but I, I, I don't think that they were expecting anything different than their usual day's routine, the normal, the ordinary, because that's what we do in life, right? That's what we do in life, right? We shape and pattern our days to be pretty normal, pretty routine, nicely scheduled, okay? And, and today, well, it's, it's going to be like it was yesterday, and tomorrow's going to be much like it is today. And we like that, usually, because we're humans, all right? Sure, there's some variances and the little things of like, you know, ball games, maybe a meeting, some, some trips, but how many would agree life can be pretty routine, yeah? It can be, all right? especially once you get past a certain age. Am I right? Am I right? All right. We live in a world of expectation. We really do. Sometimes we don't think we do, but we really do. We live in a world of normal expectation, to be more specific. Normal expectation, where we expect that things are going to go a certain way. That life's going to happen the way uh, we, we like it and want it to do. That, that things are going to work like they're supposed to do. We expect that when we go through the drive-thru at Whataburger and make an order, that meal's going to be exactly what we ordered, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I promise you, I don't, many of you know, especially yellow cheese, I don't do yellow cheese, but I, I, it's the hardest thing in the world, man, for drive-through places when you say, I don't want a burger without cheese. It's like, they're like, huh, what, huh, yeah. Or go to a, you know, a Mexican restaurant and order without cheese. They look at you like, you loco, you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, you know, no queso, you know, it's like, and then I guarantee you 95% of the time it comes, there's cheese everywhere. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry, you know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, we expect our orders to be, if you order a steak, you want it to be cooked the, the right way, right? Yeah. Poor Megan, mine's always cooked the right way. Hers is always done wrong. <laughs> we expect the toilet to flush when the business has been done, right? <laughs> now we're getting real, right? Now we're getting real. <laughs> when we flip the lights on, the switch, we expect them to come, right? We live in these expectations. Right? Reminds me of a funny story that happened once to a vacuum salesman. You guys remember those? They don't really do that anymore, but... How many remember vacuum salesmen that would go door to door, okay? And these, these guys, I promise you, one time it happened to us. I know as a friend that's just 
playing a joke on me or whatnot, but they would barge in your door with their vacuum and they'd show you all these, you know, they'd vacuum your, your shade, your lampshades to show how dusty they were. They'd put dirt all in the ground and vacuum up. Well, one time there's a story of this guy. He came into this lady's house and he was, he was talking so fast, sometimes like I do up here, but the lady couldn't even get a word in, okay? And he puts all this dirt in the ground, he's grinding it in, and he goes, lady, I promise you that if my vacuum doesn't suck up every bit of this dirt, I will eat it all up with a spoon. Before she can even say anything, he starts, you know, he puts it on, he plugs it in, click, 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 nothing happened. So she went to the kitchen, she grabbed a spoon, and she said, Dude, you wouldn't even let me tell you, our power's been out for the last three hours, so you better get eating, right? He expected it to work, but it didn't work, all right? Sometimes, gang, I feel like we are guilty of just, we can get into the routine of life, all right? Doing the normal, doing the routine, so used to expecting the same things, we don't even give them a thought, and sadly, we might be missing out on huge spiritual blessings from God for our lives personally, for our families, our children, our spouses, our our grandchildren, our sons and daughters-in-laws, other family members, adoptive, foster. Okay, And we miss out because we're not expecting anything other than the normal. Hey, I'm going to go to church. It's going to be normal. We're going to leave. It's going to be great. I'm going to work throughout the week. It's going to be normal. It's going to be great. Just like the lame man at the temple gate. He wasn't expecting anything that day, all right, as far as spiritual blessings from God. We expect life to be normal and routine, but I ask, do we as believers in Christ, his followers, his disciples, do we also live in expectation regarding God and our lives and the church? And for you here that's here this morning, you guys that are watching online, what are you expecting God to do in your life? What are you expecting God to do in your family? What are you expecting God to do at your job with your sphere of influence? What are you expecting God to do in your church? You know, there's a lesson in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 53 through 38 that teaches us the danger of having, you know, low to zero expectations regarding our spiritual lives and and God in our lives. The gospel shows that Jesus went to his hometown where he was raised and grew up, okay, to teach in their synagogue or, or their church, okay? And so he arrives and he's like, what's up, homies? Let me talk about God's word to you today. And that's the literal translation in Greek right there, not all right, Matthew 34. No, he comes in, he's like, I'm gonna teach you all today. Anyway, he's in his hometown, he's with his hometown friends, and he begins teaching, and they were kind of amazed, but not really in a good way because they didn't really believe Jesus. And they started saying to each other, Whoa, 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 whoa. who is this guy? Where did he get his authority? Where, where did he get his wisdom? You know, how can he do all these mighty works that we're asking him? Wait, wait, wait. He's just Jesus. Isn't he just Joseph the carpenter's son? Isn't Mary his, his mom? Hold on, I know his brothers. And his sisters, they're still living around us, with us right now. They're still living in a town. So what is he doing up here with, with all this wisdom and doing all these mighty things? Listen to what? 
the, the gospel, Matthew chapter 13, verses 57 and 58 records. It says, and they took offense at him. His hometown friends, his homies took offense at Jesus. But Jesus said to them, a prophet's not without honor except in his own hometown and in his own household. In verse 58, man, it's telling to me. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Man, Jesus had been traveling from town to town and doing such marvelous, amazing things, teaching with such authority and power that the word shows that entire villages, entire towns would empty out to come and see Jesus. And people everywhere, when they go see Jesus, they were expecting something. They're expecting to hear something awesome from Jesus or to see him do something miraculous, okay? But not here, not in his hometown, Verse 58 is shocking. Jesus could not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They had such low expectations. And in that narrative of Matthew 13, we learn three consequences of having low to even zero expectations spiritually. Did you realize that? There are, there are consequences when it comes to having low or zero expectations or you know, expectations regarding God's move in our lives and our church and the things of our lives spiritually. The, the first consequence or danger, having low expectations or none can, can, can spiritually blind your eyes. You can be blinded spiritually, blind to the reality of what God really can do blind to the reality of how Jesus really can save even to the lowest depths of someone that's in depravity. Blind to the miraculous things that God has planned and he wants to perform. Blind to the reality that God is for us and wants to move in our lives every single day. Blind to the truth that God has much bigger plans in store for us than what we could even imagine. Just like the people of Jesus' hometown, it was obvious that God was with Jesus and that, that God was miraculously working. People were being healed. The dead were being raised. The lame were walking. The blind were seeing. The deaf were hearing. But his hometown people were blind to the fact that God had a bigger plan through Jesus than, that, than what their normal had become. Bigger than their familiarity. Man, familiarity is a tough word for people in the church. Christians, seasoned, mature believers. Because we get so familiar with life that sometimes we miss out. That's what happened to Jesus' friends in his hometown. Second consequence of having low to no expectations spiritually regarding the Lord is it, it can also not just blind your spiritual eyes, it can poison your heart. If not careful, like the people of Jesus' hometown, you get so used to the familiar, there's no outward focus, no expecting anything new from the Lord, expecting anything great from God. Then all of a sudden, a spiritual stagnation happens in your life, a spiritual complacency, a spiritual laziness happens in your life, but sadly, you are satisfied with that. You're okay with it. And if not careful, that can lead to you having contempt for anything that's new or different or miraculous from God because it messes up your little familiar world. 
I've seen this in believers firsthand, and it saddens me. The third consequence to having low or no expectations, it, it, can, it can rob you of your joy spiritually. It can rob you of your joy. I mean, just think of all the joy that the people in the little hamlet of Nazareth would have had if, if when Jesus arrived, they said, dude, I've heard that Jesus opens the blind eyes. I've heard that he raises the dead. I've heard that he healed the diseased. I've heard that he teaches with authority and he's coming here. Man, I know that he's gonna do that here as well. I expect that he's gonna teach with authority. I expect that we're all gonna be changed just like so many others have been changed. I mean, they, they've had to have heard the reports of Jesus' authoritative teaching, as many miracles, and so they should have expected Jesus to do that in their own hometown as well. But yet they didn't, and it robbed them of their joy, and Jesus left there only doing a few small, mighty things. Here's the sad reality. Their unexpectation, it turned to unbelief. It's a very important key fact I want you to hear. They, they were familiar with Jesus. They were familiar with the kid who grew up around those parts and that familiarity bred contempt and it, it bred non-expectations. That's why Jesus gave the proverbial statement in verse 57 of Matthew 13 that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown or with his own family. It's like Jesus was saying, my teachings, my miracles, my ministry, who I am, it's believed and received in any other part of this land, but not right here. Not where I grew up amongst my friends and my family. They knew who I am, and they just can't seem to believe that, that I have these things from heaven. They have so little expectations of me. Gang, we, we've, we've got to believe, and we have to have faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. You know, I don't, the band that sang it back in the 80s, you gotta have faith, faith, faith. I mean, they were kind of onto it a little bit, right, you know? But faith and having expectations, it goes hand in hand. Faith is believing. And a big part of believing is having expectations, expecting that God is with us, he's for us, and he's moving in us, and he's working in us and through us. So I wanna make it very personal this morning. What kind of godly expectations do you have, like I said earlier, for your own life? What are you expecting God to do in you and through you? For your families, for your spouse, for your children, your grandchildren, if that applies. What kind of godly expectations do you have for our church here at Oso Creek? We have to believe that God's going to speak and move and touch and minister and lead and direct and do the miraculous in all of our circumstances, all of the situations that we find ourselves in, in your school, in your job, all, all over. What should we be expecting as believers? I want to go over six things. This is not an exhaustive list, okay? But, but six things specifically, okay? That, and, and number one, we need to expect... You need to expect, as believers, we need to expect God to move in your life and to bless you in whatever you need according to his will, his schedule, or his timetable. You need to expect that God's gonna bless you, gang, 
in whatever you need, in whatever area of life you're at, or whatever circumstance you find yourself in, emotionally, mentally, physically, relationally, financially, and spiritually. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, the apostle Paul writes, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Philippians 4.19 says that God's gonna supply all of our needs according to his will. Ephesians 1.3 says we're, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Do you get that? Every spiritual blessing in Christ is yours and it's mine because we said yes to Jesus. Proverbs 10.22 says the Lord's blessing enriches us. The Lord's blessing enriches us. Are you expecting God to move in your life? Are you expecting God to move in our church? Or is it just routine, normal, you're comfortable, you're satisfied, okay? Listen, me personally, Gregory A. Isaacs, I expect God to move in my life every single day. I'm not satisfied with normal. I'm not satisfied with routine. I'm not satisfied with tradition. No, I expect God to move in my life every day. I expect God to move in my, my family. That's my wife, Megan, and, and my daughters, my son-in-law, Taylor, all right? I expect God to move in my church. I expect God to move in Oso kids, in Oso students, all right? In, in a college ministry that we're wanting to start. I expect God to move in our men's and women's ministries. I expect God to move in our life groups, in our outreach, in our evangelistic, exp- uh, uh, evangelistic efforts. <laughs> I expect God and I pray that God will move in every single ministry and every single aspect of this church. And in my life, in my family's lives. I don't desire that, that our church, Oso Creek, just does the church thing in general, gang. No, I'm expecting great things. Listen, I'm expecting God to do the miraculous. I'm expecting God to do the, the unheard of, the impossible, the amazing. The, I'm expecting God to do whatever great superlative that I can state here. <laughs> Praise God. In our lives, my families, and in this church. Didn't he do the miraculous and the supernatural and the unheard of and the impossible and the amazing in the Old Testament? Creating the earth in seven days, 10 plagues on Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He caused fire to come down from heaven and consume the altar that the, the, the prophet Elijah built and then demoralized and defeated the, the evil prophets of Baal. God broke down the super thick walls of the city of Jericho. Uh, he raised the dead to life in the ministries of uh, the prophets Elijah and Elisha. God caused a giant fish to come and swallow a prophet who was running away from God and steer him back on the right course and an entire city came to know God as Jehovah God because of that. Didn't God rescue the people of God over and over in the book of Judges? He set Queen Esther up at just the right time to save her people. He caused Sarai to to have the promised child of the Abrahamic covenant when she was over 90 years old. God caused the moon and the sun to stand still for a whole day so that Joshua could lead the Israelites to defeat God's enemies. I could go on and on and on. But what are the New Testament? The miracles of the church of Acts, the profound miracles and the teachings that Jesus Christ did. The awesomeness that Christ left heaven, 
put on human flesh, went to the cross for yours and my sins, was laid in a tomb, and three days again rose from the dead to give us hope and to give us life. Amen? Praise God. Dude, I could continue with God doing the impressive, the miraculous, the supernatural, the unheard of, the impossible, the awesome, okay? Why do we settle for less? Why do we settle for less? Man, we serve a big God. Someone needs to hear that. We serve a great God. Why are we complacent to be like the lame beggar in Acts that we read? Just doing his everyday thing for years, going through the same routine, not expecting anything different. Why are we lame spiritually, afraid to take steps of faith, afraid to move into the unknown with God, afraid to get out of our level of spiritual ease and comfort, to let go and let God do what he wants? I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting. Second thing we need to expect, we need to expect that God is going to do something great in your life and with your life. Great in your life and with your life. Not just to bless you whatever you need, but he's going to do something great. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, the apostle Paul writes, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Ephesians 2.10 says we're God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, the writer says, now may the God of peace equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. Listen to me this morning. If you're here, you're watching online, God wants to do something extraordinary in your life. Your Christian walk, your Christian journey of faith, it should be anything but boring. Chlorophyll, more like borophyll. Never mind. There's an old one for you. It should be anything but boring. The Christian life, the Christian journey of faith, is it challenging at times? Yes. Is it difficult at times? Yes. Is it celebratory at times? Yes. But never boring. And if you find your Christian journey kind of really boring, check your heart. Get expecting for God to do something great in your life. Just like Peter and John, you know, they, they were just walking to church and then boom, bam, a miracle happened. See, God wants to do the miraculous in the every single day of our lives, especially if we're looking for it, especially if we are expecting it. He wants to do something great in you. Moms, dads, grandparents. Dude, is there anything greater even than raising godly children, having that influence? There's so many ways that God wants to move and do awesome things in your life, at your work, here at church, all over in your families too, all right? Another thing when you expect is expect that good is going to come out of every situation and circumstance that you find yourself in according to his will. For the believer, this is important because a lot of times this is where faith comes in. And this isn't just mere hopeful wishing or blind speculation or, or a pretense of happiness when everything around you is chaos. 
This is hope and expectation built solidly on Jesus Christ and his word. I know many of us could probably quote Romans chapter eight, verse 28. Many of us have held on to it in many areas of our lives, in many situations and times. The apostle Paul writes, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good, for those that are the called according to his purpose for them. So even when things are like, what is going on, God? We should still expect that good is gonna come from it and through it because God is sovereign. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that God has good plans for us. Psalms 139, 17 through 18, that, that says, it says God's thoughts towards all of us are, are so precious. We can't even count the number of precious thoughts that God has towards us. We should expect something good to come out of every situation. I remember growing up, man, in our church growing up when I was little, we'd sing this old gospel song. And as I was preparing this, it came, just was coming in my spirit. I was like, it would go, I just feel like something good is about to happen. Anybody sing that song? Anybody? Few of you, yes, I feel it. I just feel like something good is on its way, you know. And it talks about God's promises, and it was awesome. And you know what? And the other day I was sitting there, I started singing that, you know, I was thinking about my message and stuff, and I was putting the dishes in the dishwasher, and the stack was high. And as I'm singing, there's this plate at the very top, and it shifted, and the water just went all over. And I was like, well, that wasn't very good, you know. <laughs> kind of ironic, you know, but it's okay. It's all right. We need to be singing that thought, though, all right? But oftentimes, don't we get negative? And I'm rolling through this. Don't we get negative right? We expect bad things to happen? The, the motto is, if, if you don't expect anything good to happen, then you won't be disappointed when it doesn't. <laughs> Sometimes we live that way. We can have a negative disposition. And listen to me, worry, distrust, anxiety, skepticism, uncertainty, negativity are all the opposite of faith. You know, I talked about Charles Dickens and his classic work of literature, but we can become like the people that are described in the book, Great Expectations, men who look on nature and their fellow men and cry that all is dark and all is gloomy. And often, gang, we get into the routine of life and we don't expect good. We just expect negativity. We expect negative things to happen around every corner. And I know that it's hard in life's journey, but gang, that's where faith comes in. That's where trust comes in, uh, trust in God in our lives. Negativity is no attitude for the believer because God is good, Mark 10 and 18. And all that God does is good and he wants to do good in our lives. We need to reframe our brain and expect that. Lamentations 3.25 says, the Lord is good for those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him. Expect God to do good and that good will come through everything. And sometimes that takes a lot of faith, but that's when you're pleasing God the most. You say, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't see it. It may seem like the end, but I know you, and I know that you're good. I know that you love me, and you're with me, and I expect good to come from this situation. Just a few more quick, one, quick ones. It goes along with that last one, but we need to expect that he will be with us through everything. Hallelujah. What a great song, Jake, a way maker to sing before this message. 
Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. He's with us through everything. The Holy Spirit is with us everywhere all the time. I talked about that two weeks ago. That's why Jesus ascended, so the Holy Spirit could descend and be with us all the time, filling us, empowering us, equipping us, helping us, leading us, teaching us, comforting us, carrying us through those moments of difficulty, right? Psalm 23, 4, the psalmist writes such beautiful words. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh my goodness, man. What a horrible place to be in, right? A valley, not on the mountaintop, way down low. And death's shadow is over you. There's no scarier place than that. The psalmist is so vivid. He says, even though I'm through the valley, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear evil, for you are with me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's such good news. Praise the Lord. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're experiencing. And he is with you. You are not alone when Jesus is your Lord and Savior, when you're his follower. He's with you and he will help you. Let him carry you. Run to him, reach out to him. Know that you are not alone. Jesus is with you. And when we face difficult times, we can expect and know, hey, I'm not gonna fear. I'm not gonna worry. It all looks bleak, but I know you're with me, Lord. I expect good to come out of it. We need to expect that he's returning soon. So much here, we covered it last week, but I had to get it in there because it's true. (laughs) We need to expect his return. John 14, three, Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I'll take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. It's an expectation that needs to be in our life. And the last one that I wanted to cover this morning, it's so cool. It's so awesome. You ready for it? You can't handle the truth. (laughs) we need to expect our eternal inheritance. Woo! Know us preachers, we don't do a lot of talking about this. I don't know why, because it is so good. I could spend a few sermons on this topic. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, the writer says, that's why he is the one who mediates a new covenant. This is talking about Jesus. He, Jesus, is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they'd committed under the first covenant. You know, I put a whole lot of scripture references in the creek notes on all of these expectations and, and go home and read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Dude, it's amazing. Peter talks about the inheritance that's waiting for us. If we don't give up, it's beautiful, it's amazing. What God has got planned for us, gang, is awesome. It's so good. 1 Corinthians 10, 9 says that it's not even entered into our minds. We can't even imagine what God has planned for us in eternity. Boom, I'm there. That's what I'm expecting. Are you? If so, then let's live like it, right? Let's live righteously. Are these expectations in your life? 
You expecting God to bless you? He wants to bless you, gang. He wants to bless you every single day. And you may say, well, Greg, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like God's blessing me. I don't feel like I'm blessed at all. He is. He is, because he's with you. He's there. He hears you. Who are we even that we can even approach a holy God and make petition to him or complain to him or ask questions? He's big enough to handle that and he loves us anyway. So what does God expect from us? You know, we're expecting these great things. What's he expect from us? Jake, if you want to come up, my man. Number one, it's simple. Believe in Jesus. (laughs) Believe in his son. Isaiah 6.29, or John 6.29 says, Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. Acts 16.31, amplified version says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, give yourself up to him, take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping and you will be saved. So just believe. God wants you to believe in his son, Jesus. When we all stand before the Lord one day, you're gonna be standing there by yourself Spouses are going to be there. Your kids aren't going to be there. Your best friend, you're not going to have your dog Snooky to give you comfy, all right, or your cat or anything. It's just going to be you and the Lord. And basically, it's going to say, what did you do with my son? Whom I sent? The only answer is I believed in him. It's my Lord and Savior. I, 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 I believed in the sacrifice that he made for me. And I said yes to him. I'm going to say, did you live perfectly? Did you do it all right? No, he just went, I believed in my son, your son. So he wants us to believe in him. And the second thing that God expects of us is to simply trust him. Trust him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. But it's so hard. We want to lean on our own understanding, right? Why am I going through this? I want to know why we're experiencing this. I want to know why this is happening. Dude, I was just, I was asking questions like that this week. But you follow that up with, but I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Verse six says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your straight, he'll make your path straight. So believe in Jesus and trust in Jesus. Gang, Jesus knows you. Jesus loves you. Jesus sees you. And even right now, he's calling out to you. What are you expecting of the Lord in this year? Man, when we expect and have faith in God, dude, he's going to do awesome things. And we'll be like the psalmist says, this is the, the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. God, we come before you this morning. And I pray that you would, <laughs> Lord, you would touch and help our expectometer, if I can use that phrase. <laughs> Forgive us, Lord. There's so many times when we just, my goodness, we, we're like the lame beggar. We're so used to the routine and the normal and the everyday and just, you know, and life carry, like he was carried. Life carries us here and there and we just go with the flow. But you've called us to more. I pray the Holy Spirit, you'd speak to every heart that's here, every heart that's watching, And Lord, we begin to expect greater things from you. 
Because, Lord, you're ready to bless us. You're ready to move in us. You're ready to work through us. You're ready to amaze us. Because that's what we saw all throughout the word of God. Help us not to settle, to get complacent. Reveal yourself to us, Jesus. And for everyone, Lord, who's having a, they're going through a rough spot right now in life, I pray that they would feel your presence, your strength right now. Let them know you're with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's get expecting, amen. Let's sing this last song. If you need prayer, I'll be down here to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. If you've never made Christ your Savior and your Lord, man, start today. I'd love to talk to you about that at the end of the service. Let's sing this last song and go expecting God to do amazing things in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.